This is Jeff Cross, and welcome to the June 22, 2022 edition of Views on the News from the Couch, a baby boomer's attempt to pass along his views on the news. Quick hitters. The first linked article says that rents are 40% of the core inflation number and that rent is up 15% year over year. That is huge. And not only will it hurt the pocketbook, but will likely lead to more homeless or more 20-year-olds living in the basement. According to an INI slash TIPP poll, over half of Democrats say President Biden is at least somewhat responsible for inflation. Over half of Democrats. Higher numbers for non-Democrats. If half of Democrats hold President Biden at least somewhat responsible for inflation, then the midterms, at least in the House, could be ugly. Moving on. Speaking of polls, I often look at the Real Clear Politics Average President Biden Job Approval Graph. Yeah, I have no life. And I probably look at it like I would look at a control chart of a process charting a variable. There is noise, sometimes a lot of noise, or in a good process, not much noise, but some up and down variation. And then there are sudden changes or trends. Big trend down in approval numbers half happened after we botched the job leaving Afghanistan. Probably other things impacted the approvals then as well. Biden's approval numbers settled around 41% and between 40 and 43. I may be a tad early, but it looks like we have another downward dip, and I'm expecting his approval numbers to settle with a higher number of 40. That's a bad number. The federal government imposes an 18 cent per gallon tax on gasoline. The money goes into the highway trust fund and is used to pay for mass transit and highways. Kind of a user's pay sort of thing. The linked Fox News article discusses plans by the Biden administration to suspend the gas tax for three months to help folks with higher gas prices. An unnamed government official says other government revenues can make up the $10 billion in lost tax revenue. He argues that the deficit shrunk by $1.6 trillion, so we have the money. A few comments. One, we literally have reached the point that $10 billion is not that much money. Unfortunately, two, unfortunately, $10 billion here and $10 billion there, etc., and it starts to add up to real money. Three, we blew up our finances during COVID, and even though the annual deficit may be $1.6 trillion less, and admittedly I did not check this, it is still a deficit. It's not like we are paying any money back. Four, why do we pass taxes and then suspend them? Five, on this specific tax, gas tax issue, I don't think it will do much good, and I don't think it will do much harm. But better to do real stuff so we don't need window dressing. Six, Lastly, the tax on gas is 18 cents per gallon. The tax on diesel is 20%. If diesel is $5 a gallon, then the diesel tax is a dollar. Not quite because the tax is 20% before the tax, I assume, but close enough for government work. Does that seem fair? I link an article by Spencer Brown of Town Hall titled, Abject Failure. Officers were ready to neutralize Uvalde Shooter in three minutes. It is definitely worth a read. Rather than discussing it, I will just quote from one section. The author quotes Steve McGraw, who is the director of Texas Department of Public Safety. Quote, three minutes. 
after the subject entered the West Building, there was a sufficient number of armed officers wearing body armor to isolate, distract, and neutralize the subject, end quote. The author then adds, quote, three minutes, just 180 seconds later, and officers were ready to go take down the shooter, prevent him from shooting any other students, and deliver aid to those who may have already been wounded. But they didn't, end quote. I keep intending to do a January 6th big thing. I assume it would involve me eating some crow, and while I definitely like eating, crow is not my preferred dish. Today is not that day, but I will try to frame why I am having trouble getting this piece done. As a starting point, we all think the January 6th riot was awful. I think Trump's excessive rhetoric contributed to the riot, but he did not call for it. It is absolutely right to call Trump to account for his rhetoric contributing to the riot, but going overboard to suggest he called for it. I think that's wrong and dangerous. It actually helps Trump amongst his core supporters. Nancy Pelosi not allowing the minority leader to pick the minority members of the January 6th Select Committee ruined the chances of this thing being close to fair. Further, one member of the committee is Jamie Raskin, who led the second impeach trial, impeachment trial of Trump. During that trial, to show Trump was a racist, they played a tr tape of Trump saying there were good people on both sides at the Charlottesville riot. Raskin's team left out that Trump said, no, I'm not talking about the white supremacists, they're awful people. This wasn't some talking head show where the managers were speaking off the cuff. This was planned arguments with edited video backup. I can't trust his characterization of the testimony. He and his peers are both partisan and so hateful of Trump that I can't trust what they say. No, Trump earned their hate. I am also troubled that issues are being conflated. I believe Trump said to the Secretary of State in Georgia that Trump just needed 11,000 or so votes, which has been inferred to mean he was asking for illegal votes. A reading of the transcript suggests he was saying that 100,000 votes for fraudulent and that, the, that Georgia just needed to find some of the fraudulent votes. I think Trump's argument was bullshit, but there is a substantive difference between find the illegal votes, and make up the illegal votes. I'm not thrilled with the argument. Let's get rid of the liar by lying. And what a committee we might have had if, as a secondary charge, they were looking at other candidates who claimed they won. Stacey Abrams, who lost by 50,000 votes, but claimed she was the rightful winner of the Georgia governorship. And Democrats, including her at a governor's roundtable at the presidential nominating convention. Or if they included in the January 6th committee how the Clinton campaign weaponized the federal government to impede the Trump presidency over false Russian collusion claims. If that were the committee's charge with folks from both parties, maybe, just maybe, we might have come out with some firm bipartisan consensus that this crap has to stop and that Trump was awful and that Hillary was awful. I don't care about Stacey. I'm accused of what aboutism by a good guy in Maine, and I'm sure he would think in the above I am engaging in what aboutism. My counter to the what aboutism charge is twofold. First, the media feels only Trump's transgressions are worthy of real investigation. 
they and their Democratic colleagues are engaged in what I would call our shit don't stinkism. I repeat, our shit don't stinkism. I think that speaks for itself. Second, if you want Trump to go away, and I do, a partisan attack ignoring issues on the other side is not the way to do it. We are in groups, and groups rally around when they are treated unfairly. My fear is the way the media and Nancy Pelosi are handling this maximizes the chance, chances that Trump will run in 2024. Maybe that is what they want. They can't run on their record. I used a lot of words for someone who's not ready to share his views. After writing this, I cooked breakfast and did some more thinking. My problem with some of these issues is to talk about them, I feel I have to do so much correcting the narrative. That may sound pompous, but I find so much of the foundation is bullshit, and if you don't correct the foundation, then why bother? Or, as a relative says, I start a lot of sentences with the word actually. Anyway, maybe this is my January 6th missive after all. We will see. Thanks for listening to Views on the News from the Couch. If you like this podcast, please share with your friends. If you did not like it, please share with the rest of the folks you know.